Sunday, January the 15th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. thinking today though about uh, the verses that come in this second week. So last week we've been looking at Colossians chapter 1 about God's reign in our individual lives. But this week the Ephesians passage that Henry read to us and the bit before which we'll look at in a minute is about God's reign not only in our lives but in our collective lives, our life as a church as in our community of faith. I am so grateful that God asks us to travel together, not on our own. And we're going to be thinking today not only about what these questions that I'm going to ask you in a moment uh, mean to our own individual lives, but how they work as a church family. What is God saying to us around us as a church family? The third week, uh, we'll be thinking about Philippians and uh, God's reign in the world. So that's what's coming up in the third week. But this week, we're going to dive into Ephesians. You might find it handy to have open, if you've got it, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 begins with Paul saying, this is a letter, this is who I'm writing to, I'm writing to the church, but it then goes into the most beautiful piece of poetry. And during this beautiful poem that Paul has written, it's talking about who we are in Christ. It's about who God is and who we are. Now, it's a massively famous uh, set of poetry, but it's beautiful. And so in a moment, I'm going to read it to us. But you'll note on the screen, I've put some words up there that I've gone through each verse and just tried to summarize it a little bit, because this is who we are. And I'm hoping you're looking at that and going, really? That's amazing. You're blessed, you're holy, you're secure, you're saved, you're blameless in his sight, you're filled with grace, you're forgiven, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you're all sitting there looking a bit bored about it. Somebody smile at me. Isn't that amazing? Helen's waving at me, that's a win. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read this passage to you, and as you hear it, and as you look at those words... Why don't you write down something that God's catching your attention about today? Why don't you tune in and say, okay, God, which one of those words or which verse uh, are you catching my attention to? It will be different for each of us. I'll explain mine in a moment. But it will be different for each of us because God speaks to us through his word in all kinds of different ways. And so I'd love you to write down Just perhaps the verse or the word up there that catches your attention. Because I think God today is reminding you that this is who you are. So let's hear these words together. Father God, speak to us through your word, we pray today. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose you in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless 
in his sight. In love, he predestined us to adoption, to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us, the ones he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were first put our hope in Christ, may be for his praise and glory. And you were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of salvation When you believed, you were put a mark on, a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. Write down or underline or put in your memory bank what jumped out of you, what word what phrase made you go, that's, that's who I am, that's amazing. Let's just have a moment to think about that. So for me, it was the word secure. Uh, in verse 11, It says, him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. It's about being secure. He's got plans for me and I can be secure in them. He has a purpose for me and I can be secure in them, even though sometimes they don't look like they make a lot of sense. What word was it for you? I'd love you with the person next to you. You can just literally share the verse or the word. You don't have to give anything more. But perhaps you do want to share a little bit and just say, do you know what? The word secure jumped out at me because. Or the word hope-filled jumped out at me because. Or verse two, that uh, verse three, that was really important to me. So just a couple of minutes with someone sat next to you. Which verses jumped out or words? Let's share together.
Okay, another 30 seconds. So uh, if one person's done all the talking, make sure the other person gets to share. Brilliant. So let's come back together, shall we? At the end of this first week, which we've been thinking very much about God being our own king, I wanted to remind you who you are. And I'm hoping that the verse or the word that jumped out of you feels like a big warm blanket around you. Because once we hold on to who we are, we can begin to face all kinds of things that are thrown at us with the truth of God. And so as we come to the end of this first week, Remember you're blessed. Remember you're loved. Remember your whatever it is that God has reminded you of today. And maybe you want to take that word into this week somehow. Might want to turn it into a piece of artwork if you're creative or write a poem about it or just write it on your fridge to remind you each morning whose you are and who you are. But then the passage moves on, and that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning. You see, we've thought about uh, this beautiful piece of poetry, but then we move into a prayer. And it's a prayer that Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus, and I believe it's a prayer that we can hold on to today. Because actually, it's a prayer that's saying, Lord, make all that we've just read in the first part in this poem uh, actually be the experience of the church of Christ. May it not just be words that we have about whose we are and who we are, but may it be the experience of the church. May I not just know intellectually that I'm secure, but may I experience God's security and recognize that it's from God uh, and not of my own doing and my own way. So we're going to move into the second part of the story, which is all about God's holy people. He's reminding the church in Ephesus and us today that we are a family, that we are God's holy people. And that poem was always written in the we. This is who we are, not just who you are, but this is who we are. Right at the beginning, it says to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. And you can look in the book of Acts and see how this house church movement uh, began. Paul was on a missionary journey there and he'd started a number of churches, was probably there about three years. And they were meeting in people's households and they were growing together in knowledge of God. But remember, this is the early days. And so Paul's now locked away in prison, writing letters back to the people who he knew and loved and had spent time with. And he's reminding them that they were to follow the king together and that this prayer is the prayer for the church as well as for the individuals. So what I want us to do is think about the word that you just wrote down and using that word, think about how that's true for us together. So my life is secure with God because he's got plans for me. But do you know what? This church family is secure with God because he's got plans for us. We are secure in him. He is our father. He loves us. He has good plans and he has good ways for us. So using that word that you just found from the first passage, how has that been true for Burlington 
this year? How can we apply that? So I look back and see how God's been really, uh, especially through COVID, he provided us with a secure family together, a base. And I look back and see many moments where actually in a world that felt fairly unsecure, we were secure because of the friendship and the fun and the family we had with you lot and the many moments of Zoom calls and sharing communion online, and all of those things reminds me that we're securing God, whatever this world throws at us. So taking the word that you've just been discussing, how is that true for Burlington? Again, why don't you talk with the person next to you and talk that through? Again, another 30 seconds, so make sure everyone gets to share. Just wondering whether one or two people would be willing to uh, share perhaps what they felt about that word in Burlington. I said about feeling secure in this family over the last few years. I know Katie's got something to share, but uh, maybe just have a little think. Is there something you could share? Uh, thank you, Kate. I've got a strange one. So I really liked the marked with his seal. Yeah. Um, it felt like I had one of those special bands on and I had to access all areas. <laughs> and I feel like um, as a church, we know that we can access all areas. Mm. So if someone needs healing, someone needs help, someone needs physical, emotional, spiritual help, mm. they can access all areas. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. Access to the King. Anyone else willing to share? 
Rich is on the front row. He gets picked on. Um, so we had, um, we were talking about a bit about, um, it was pre-chosen. We were chosen by God. And therefore we had, um, we were part of his plan and everything mm. else. And so we were reflecting that about the finances and how the finances are part of his plan mm. and whether that's good decisions or bad decisions on our, you know, from our perspective, it's all still part of his plan. Mm. We just need to dig into that. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Anyone else? Elizabeth. Um, my word was chosen and mm-hmm. adopted, so it's two words. And that just brought to mind um, Elevenses on a Saturday yeah. morning, which is really special. And I love when I'm in the hall um, hearing these guys here having fun in the kitchen. We're like a real family. And being adopted, I think, you know, if we'd have thought back, say, 10 years or so ago, none of us would have thought that we would be in that place on a Saturday Mm. morning. But we really feel adopted as Mm. a family and know that Jesus is with us there. Brilliant. That's so beautiful. Thank you, Elizabeth. That's so beautiful. Anyone else? Put one over here. Thank you. Anyone else have the word included? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Bella did. (laughs) You should get married, you two. And um, for for me, being included um, collectively is being part of included in the church in Ipswich, which I've found so much expression for. So, you know, wherever I am, wherever I'm working with the Ukrainian community, it's Mm. as the one church and yeah really proud to belong here but also to belong included in the whole church absolutely we're one huge family it's great to know i've got sisters and brothers in australia who i'm going to visit one day it's on the list <clears throat> lovely brilliant okay let's keep going then oh have you got one margaret sorry i don't want to miss you i just wanted to say that um, i really do feel that burlington is my family mm. and i've got so many really wonderful friends here mm. who treat me as part of their family yeah. and it's just wonderful mm. you know yeah we are we are and we're glad that you're our friend and our family too margaret because you're a great friend to so many of us as well i'd love you to uh, keep hold of that word as you think about the rest of our time together because paul's prayer goes on and uh, begins with thankfulness For this reason, ever since I've heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Isn't this lovely? Someone who's not present in that church or even in that area at this time has heard of their faith and their love for one another and is giving thanks to God for them. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that wonderful? Do you know that being grateful is not only good for your personal uh, sense of well-being and mental health, but it's good for our relationships. Uh, it's also been proved that uh, it's really good for uh, actually character development. Apparently, if you are thankful about three things for 10 weeks uh, consistently, you can go from being slightly positive, uh, sorry, from being a, a pessimist to being slightly less pessimistic in just 10 weeks. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. So anybody who's looking at this and going, well, Claire's glass is very nearly empty. No, 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 there's still a bit in it, people. But actually, gratefulness is scientifically proven to be really good for our well-being. 
And I, you know, I'm a big banger on about being thankful, but it is really important. And you will notice that our, our Bible reading notes through the Daniel fast always begin with a time of thanksgiving. It's so important for us to pause and to thank God for even the hard things uh, that we're facing and saying, actually, God, this might be hard, but in the good, in this, there's still something to be thankful for. Honestly, I wish we had an attitude that was way more about thanksgiving, that whenever we come together, instead of going, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. We would go, how are you? Well, actually, I've got this, this, and this to be thankful for, but also this is going on in my life as well, and this is hard. It's about making sure that we have a posture uh, of being thankful. And Paul here, right at the beginning, is saying, do you know what? I've got so much to be thankful about you guys. And so what are you thankful about concerning Burlington? Margaret's reminded us already about how she's so thankful for friendship and family that feel like family here, and we are indeed. But why don't you for a moment just name, say, two or three things uh, with the person next to you that you're really thankful for about Burlington at this time. Uh, So for me, I am really thankful um, for the way that we all gathered over Christmas. I just loved it. It was beautiful. I'm thankful for the way we responded to some of the appeals, like the Ukrainian appeal for giving presents and find. And I'm just thankful that, that this community can celebrate festivals really well together. That's important to me. And I loved it. So I'm thankful for that. Why don't you, with the person next to you, share two or three things that you're thankful for at this time? Another 30 seconds. Okay, well, I'm thankful for Jane, who just got me a glass of water. (laughs) So we can carry on without my throat drying out. Being thankful is an important posture for us. It's uh, where we need to begin each day and end each day, as far as I'm concerned, by thanking God. It really can rewire our brain, and there's lots and lots of things we could look scientifically at that. 
and it won't do it overnight. So thankfulness being a posture over many months is what will help us find the good in life a little bit more. But the prayer goes on, uh, and it's an amazing prayer that, that turns to, to asking God, the King, for wisdom and revelation. And so the rest of the prayer is basically an asking prayer for the church. And so it asks uh, for the king's revelation and wisdom firstly. This is what it says. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. There's so many things in here. I love the fact it begins with, I keep asking. It's not something that Paul does once. He keeps asking. We need God's spirit of wisdom and revelation repeatedly. It's not a one hit when you become a Christian, right? I've got all the revelation I need for the rest of my life. It's a keep asking. Almost he could be saying daily or even hourly sometimes. We need God's spirit to give us wisdom and revelation so that we can know the king's better. Who is the king of this church? God is. Who are we? His people. What's our purpose? To do the king's work in his name. How do we know what the king's work is? Got to ask him. We've got to be with him, know him, know his ways, know his character. We've got to ask him. When we get to know God better, we get to know what his character's like. When we get to know God better, we get to understand his plans for this world. When we get to know God better, we want to share that with others, don't we? Because actually, that's so important. When we ask God for his wisdom and revelation, he gives it. He gives it. Now, if you're anything like me, often God's the last person I ask (laughs) I'll go and chat to a friend. I'll check out what social media might have to say. Do a little Google search and then think, oh, I've got the Bible. Okay, am I on my own? Oh, phew. Okay, glad we're friends. This is saying, keep asking for the spirit of revelation. That's where we should go first. We need to know that individually, don't we, for our own lives. And that could be about the small things of life. Uh, For me, I'm asking God a lot about parenting a teenager, a lot. Do that before Google is my advice. Um, But the second thing that we have to ask about is big stuff as well, isn't it? You know, job decisions or whatever it is about the big stuff of life. Do you know what? We need God's wisdom and revelation about the big and the small individually. But we also need God's wisdom and revelation about our collectiveness together. That's why we have church meetings and church membership. Because together, and we'll do this on Tuesday, we will need to listen for God's wisdom and revelation about how we treat each other, how we handle our finances, how we uh, plan for the future, how we spend in the present. We need God's wisdom and revelation because his plans are greater than our plans. And sometimes his plans make very little sense until we've sat and listened to him about it. Because in human terms, they don't always seem to work. That's what we do in a church meeting collectively. We listen to God for his wisdom and his revelation. 
because we need it. We need it individually, but we need it as a church family. We need to listen to God and we need to listen to one another, asking God for the wisdom we need to navigate the good seasons and the slightly more tricky seasons. So I'm not going to make you talk about this at the moment. Uh, this is just between you and God. But for a moment, what wisdom and revelation are you asking God for at the moment? Maybe you want to write it down so that you can keep asking for it this week. What wisdom and revelation are you asking for God at this moment? In a few moments, we're going to spend a bit of time praying and we will bring that particular list or whatever you've brought to mind to God uh, just then. But I love what uh, it says in the message paraphrase of this verse. I ask the God of, of our master, Jesus Christ, the, glo- the God of glory, to make your intelligent, uh, sorry, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Isn't that a lovely way of putting it? We need focused and clear minds, focused and clear eyes, so we know exactly what the king is asking us to do. And so we need that this week, don't we, as we think about Burlington as a family as we meet together uh, for our membership meeting on Tuesday. But we need it in all kinds of ways. How do we help our children and young people? What wisdom do we need for them at this time as we lead and encourage them? What wisdom and uh, revelation do we need about how we use our buildings? How, what wisdom and revelation do we need about how we treat one another? What wisdom and revelation do we need uh, at this time as a Burlington family? The second part of the prayer, though, uh, is asking God for something else. It's asking God for the king's equipping. So the first part of the prayer talks about thanksgiving. The second part is about the king's wisdom and revelation. But it's now about the king's equipping. It says that we have a glorious inheritance. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope in which you are called to, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. The king... The king of all, the king of kings, has an inheritance for you. That's amazing. And we talked about that with those words. That's your inheritance. But it's not just an inheritance for today. It's an inheritance for tomorrow and for the rest of your life and then into the rest of eternity. What is the glorious inheritance, the equipping that you need to do the works of God? For me, it's not about I need more time or more money. Both would be lovely. But actually, 
It's about character things. So as I asked God, what do I need to be equipped with this year? He said to me, I think you need to be a bit more courageous. I don't really like that, if I'm honest. So what do I need to do? I need to ask God to be more courageous. Equip me with your courage. Just like he said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. I need him to do that for me. I need him to help me be more courageous in trying new things and to speaking about God more with my friends or perhaps getting out of the unhealthy cycle of being in my pajamas at six o'clock most evenings. I need courage. I need his courage. What are you asking God for to equip you this year? And as Burlington, we need to be equipped this year. To, to fulfill the plans he has for us, we need his equipping. We need to know uh, what we need and we need to ask him for it. He's a good father who gives good gifts. So what equipping does Burlington need this year? What equipping do we as a family need? I'd love you to think about that over the coming weeks. I'd love to hear from you on an email or grab me for a conversation. What do you think we need to be praying for, asking God for this year? What is it that we need equipping with so that we can do the king's bidding? Let's just pause for a moment and again, maybe write it down or maybe think about it a bit more into this week. What equipping do you personally need this year? What equipping does Burlington need this year? Just have a moment. I'm not going to ask you to talk about this one. So just this is between you and God. And the final thing uh, in this prayer for today is Paul asks for the king's power to be present within the church at Ephesus. Let's have a look at this verse. <clears throat> and he's asking that his incomparable great power is there for us that believe that that power is the same as a mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. It's far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is evoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. That's some power. That's some power. That's not a little bit of like, you know, adding a Duracell battery in. This is power. The, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that is from now until the age to come. The power of God, the King. I could do with a little bit of his power being present in my life. 
And it's all about trust, isn't it? It's about trusting that God's got something for us. It's about trusting that his plans are good. It's trusting that he's powerful enough to do what you're asking. It's it's trusting that he's powerful enough to equip you with everything that you need. It's trusting that whilst you might not see it right now, that it is going to happen because God has promised. And that is really hard. This trust thing in a powerful king when actually sometimes every day it doesn't feel like he's very powerful is really, really hard. But this kind of verse reminds me that his power is incomparable. That his power is able to be present in our world and in our lives and definitely in our church. And so my final question for yesterday is, what can only God do this year for me? Maybe you tried to fix it all yourself. What can only God do this year? And what can only God do for Burlington this year? Can't wait. Can't wait to see what only God can do for us this year. This is a church that has stories of miracle after miracle weaven into its woodwork and history. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do this year. So let's pause again. What can only God do for you this year? What can only God do for Burlington this year? Maybe you want to write a few notes down. Let's just have a moment of quiet. So, Claire, all you've done is given me a whole load of questions. (laughs) Yeah, I have. I'm really sorry about that. But do you know what? As we go into this week and as we continue our Daniel fast together, these wouldn't be bad questions to be asking ourselves and of God this week. I'll make sure uh, they're online for you. So if you want to jump onto Facebook or Instagram uh, this week, then they'll be there. But they're huge questions. But what I love about this passage is this is what Paul is praying for other people. I suspect he's praying the same prayer for himself, isn't he? But he's praying it for other people. And so what I'd love you to do just for a moment with the person you were sat next to, who you've been chatting to, is just pray for them. Having heard what they said at the beginning... And you might want to carry on asking them the other questions another time, perhaps during coffee or uh, give them a ring this week, perhaps. But why don't you just, we've got just a couple of minutes together. Why don't you pray for the people that you're sat with? We are family together. Paul is praying this for the church in Ephesus. Let's pray these prayers for the person that we're sat next to. Asking for God's equipping, asking for God's wisdom and revelation and power to be at work in their lives. And you've just got a couple of minutes, so make sure everybody gets prayed for. Go for it.
And let's draw our prayers to a close and stand together, shall we? And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. King Jesus, we live for you and you alone. This is your church and we are your people and we love you. And we long to show your love to others who are hungry for it too. So as Paul ended his prayer, and as many have ended their prayers since, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And we're going to live for you, Lord, as king of our lives. Let's sing together.